Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Glad to have you back to our next episode of ReChurch. Got a probably the most familiar face that we've recorded over and over with, Pastor Dale Cunningham. Welcome. Well, good good to be with you again, as always, Marsh. I mean that. I, I know that's the, the normal mantra. It's, you know, to say, well, it's good to be on here again. But it really is. And, and, and it's, quite frankly, something I prayed about already this morning, and it's an honor, certainly. All right, so I'm going to uh, forego some of our normal greetings because it's a very serious topic. And the topic came up, and I've been following some of Dale's blogs on this. As you know, uh, Pastor Cunningham and his wife, Denise, are a true team, and they are really burdened and concerned of other co-laborers in the ministry. And when I think of the topic of discouragement, uh, any, any man laboring in God's field can become discouraged. And we all know of the great prophet Elijah, and if Elijah can come be discouraged, Dale, who are we not to become discouraged? Mm-hmm. So I, I've challenged Pastor Cunningham. Would he please address the topic of overcoming discouragement in ministry? And so we got several points we're going to talk through. And I think, uh, Dale, just kind of an introduction. Um, so you see these as common. So we're going to cover several things, but these are common um signpost or com how would you word that dale what would be a good way to well the things that i shared in in my blog is some issues that i think some points that would help us in ministry to overcome Mm -hmm. what i think is one of satan's and our flesh uh biggest uh, movements to get us distracted and quite frankly to slide down the mountain and end in the ditch. Mm. And sadly, as uh, I saw just uh, earlier today, a statistic that one out of 10 pastors will retire as a pastor. And uh, what's, what's creating. Um, right, so you mean what they were, if there are 10 men in the pastor, only one retires in that, in that calling is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm wow. saying. Okay. And I realize that we, you know, I'm even thinking about retirement as a pastor, but we'll always be preaching. But it, it, it disturbs me to think that one out of 10 are retiring from the pastorate, which probably is really saying, I'm just quitting everything. Wow. All right. So the topic of today um, would be overcoming discouragement. I think the, the two words I use, and I know you've already used one of them, would be you get distracted and then it can be discouraged. All right. So, all right. So you've got some intentional ways here to encourage our, now I want, I want to make sure that we understand this, this podcast is not just for pastors. This is for pastors, pastors, wives, deacons, church leaders, uh, you know, sons and daughters of pastors, cousins of anybody, uh, for any church Anybody in a church um, that obviously has a pastor, they can apply all these things, right? 
Yes, they can to some degree, to right. some angle. Um, especially coming, Marsha, as you and I have talked, especially coming out of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Constantly hearing words and actions of discouragement because of, again, everything we, we've, we've talked about, how churches have declined during COVID, uh, the, the contrast between those that have their strong opinions and those who just want to be silent and they've yeah, left yeah, the church yeah, and, yeah. And, and all that stuff. And, and yeah. pastors are reeling from it. And it's affecting the church. It's, it's affecting the pastor and the parishioner uh, together. And so, you know, I, I'm reminded of, of Psalm 42. It's, it's one of my go-to passages. And I'm a type A personality. Um, I, Ken Hay said to me one day, he said, if the rapture occurs, he said, I think Dale Cunningham will just run on by the rapture and get on into heaven. <laughs> and, and, but yet, one of the biggest things that I wrestle with every day of my life is discouragement. Okay. And one of my go-to passages is Psalm 42, when we read these words of David, when he said, why are you cast down O my soul? Yeah. Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And, and I just love that phrase, the help of his countenance. And I've got to constantly be reminded, Marsh, that God's face is always turned toward me through Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm accepted, Ephesians 1, 6, in the beloved. And so verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God. And Satan wants to get us to turn our hope from the character of God and place them on our daily circumstances, upon ourself, right. living in that pity party pit. And then he says the last verse, part of verse 11, for I shall yet praise him, right. the help of my countenance and my God. Amen. Uh, it all starts in the heart. And I need, to, we're seeing preachers, we're seeing Christians losing hope, being discouraged. And uh, it's a burden in my own heart. And uh, I, I heard someone, and I opened up one of the blogs with this very statement that said, I'm tired of letting mean people determine when we move. Wow. That, that was spoken yeah. by a, a pastor's wife, who they have unfortunately moved several times uh, in recent years. And, and I realize it's, it's both sides. I get that. I'm sure. not pointing a finger, Sure. but here's a, a wife who really is in despair. And, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I, okay. So two sides of this, number one, outside of understanding who we are in Christ and the, the fact that we are strong in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Outside of that, I've said, if my wife is for me, I'll take on the world. Amen. Conversely, right. when a pastor's wife is discouraged, yeah. in despair, and he is as well, there's the formula for possible destruction and all kinds of 
heart being open to play out the sin that's in our heart. And, and, and I will tell you, even sitting here thinking about it and knowing who I'm talking about, my heart is grieved for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I, today, you know, uh, soul shepherding ministry, one of many that's out there trying to encourage pastors said that over half of ministry leaders are discouraged over yeah. half. All right. So with that in mind, let's shift this. So with that in mind, you have got several, I think, um, kind of building blocks or whatever you want to call anchors, whatever you want to call these things. So go with us. So let's go down this list and please comment. So what, what are some, the, some of these things in order to overcome this kind of discouragement? You, you've got several hmm. things. So uh, start, okay. start giving us sure. these, Dale. Well, and, and these are not in in order as greater to lesser. It just, okay. just some sure. some things that have come along as I thought and prayed through this thing. But you know, for many of us as pastors, Sunday is our biggest day. And we quite frankly grade our ministry on what happens yeah. on Sundays. We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and uh so therefore, I think it is is crucial for us that we be intentional about our preparation for Sunday, so much so that it goes beyond just preparing our minister, our, our message for the, the day and, and the evening if we have an evening service. And I think it begins on Saturday night uh, that we would gather our, our, our get with our wife, uh, we would get with uh, our family, and we would together be prepared as a family for Sunday morning. Amen. And this is going to sound very practical here and and, and maybe simple, but I'm talking about making sure that even pastor helps wife getting the kids clothes ready. They get in bed at a certain time so that Sunday mornings are not rushed. Yeah. And even if the children are now have now left the home and it's just husband and wife, the same thing, pray together on Saturday night. Yeah. And then on Sunday morning. All right. So what you're saying is you really need to guard Saturday night, right? Guard yes. it as much as you can. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm convinced that many times I we get up in the morning. We we we've stayed out late on Saturday night. We get up on Sunday morning, and we've yeah. we've started our we've started our day tired, right? And being weary and tired leads to discouragement. Yes, it does. And we're not strong in the strength that's in Christ. Our family is is just creating all kinds of havoc because we don't have we're not, they're not organized in in preparation. So, prayer time on Sunday morning, even as a family, I remember years ago when our kids were were, were little, we'd pull up to church, and that was back in the days when uh, I even brought the sound system with me to church, <laughs> and because uh, we couldn't leave it in the building, and and but but I remember pulling up to church and stopping in the van and just saying, "All right, family, we're going to pray together before we go in." And we would pray together as a family. And it's sweet. It's precious. And it said tons uh, at that moment. But but also uh, being intentional on Sunday morning. Man, I tell you, families even planning, if you can, have breakfast together. Um, Just settle your heart before you go. Because here's the thing. We as pastors are notorious at having our foot on the accelerator. And we don't even know what a break is. 
it's it's in drive yeah. and we are in overdrive so to speak all right we get to church and we're ready to go whatever and then all of a sudden we walk in and sister so-and-so says you know preacher such and such yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden boom comes the attack because we we're just we're, we're just like this instead of rest and, and 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 fret not wait patiently on him delight yourself in the lord and, and just be still and know that he's God. And so there, there's some intentional things. If you, read, if you read the blog post, I've given some things about that, about being intentional about preparing Saturday night and Sunday morning for that day. Um, a second thing is. All right, can, can, I think, can I back up there just a second? Again, okay. a lot of this, I'm, t- I'm just thinking, because, you, you know, you had multiple children. We had five children in the family. And I think there, there are two things I want to comment on. There's nothing wrong with getting all the baths and all the clothes laid out for Sunday, Saturday night on the practical side to get ready right. so you're not rushed Sunday morning. And right. the other thing is this is even more of a reason to have that sermon done long before Saturday gets there. Yes. So Saturday can be that day of preparation and meditation, and that's what you're leading into for Sunday, right? So, again, exactly this requires right. discipline on the front end of the week to get ready. Okay, brother, you're going on with uh, also being intentional about something else. Well, and I think here's an area that uh, we really, I'm going to say, maybe don't give much thought to because when the day is done, we come home and we go, ah, I made it. <laughs> yeah, we do. And you sit down yeah. in your chair, yeah. Yeah. and I know about you, but I hear all the voices of all the conversations just running through your mind. We need to be careful on Sunday nights. Satan's attack, I think, is alive and well on Sunday nights in particular because we're letting our guard down. Mm. It's one thing to come home, and yes, we need to sit down and right. we need to rest. Need to take a deep breath. But if we're not careful, we're going to start rolling in our mind the things of the day, those things that already we've been wrestling with that are disappointing to us, that we didn't meet up to our expectations, perhaps. And and, and perhaps, and quite frankly, every Sunday is a day of which we can count little places where we have failed. Sure. All right. So how do you do this, brother? All right. So first of all, when I come home, I need to sit down. I need to start thanking the Lord for all of the good things that he's done during the day. I keep a journal. Okay. I've written a journal for years. And, and I love to either Sunday night or Sunday morning, jot down all the good things that God has done. Amen. And just recount those and think through those. Now, I can't say that I've always won, won this battle on Sunday nights. Right. Uh, there are times when I'm in the ditch, uh, discouragement and despairing and wondering, you know, how we're going to make it and so on. And I'm just stopping right now to say, we've made it. Yeah. God has been faithful. All sure. right. And we're not Messiah. And Jesus is. And, and so then also spending time praying again, I, I, there's so much in these blogs that I've talked about concerning prayer. We do not pray enough. We really don't. We don't give prayer in that relationship with God, what we ought to, 
But when we got home at night, we got we must pray, pray with our wife, uh, pray before we go to sleep. Yeah. And, and furthermore, don't listen to yourself. <laughs> Preach the truth to yeah. yourself. Okay. And, and like I said, count your blessings, share them, and, and track your thinking on Sunday nights. Uh, don't feed your discouragement. Uh, maybe even get the kids to bed and you and your wife just spend some time. That, that's a good evening for yeah, a date it is. at home. Yeah, yeah. Put the kids to bed, order a little personal pan pizza, have candlelight uh, and, and on serving on China and enjoy one another. <laughs> I'm yeah, serious. Yeah, you're right because because we sit down and we think about why wasn't so and so there instead of th- thanking God for who was there. Yes, we immediately go down that. Well, where were they? This sermon was just for them, and and I spent so much time with them this week. I visited them. I counseled them, and they didn't. And so instead of going down that road, I I think you made a great point. You 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 start thanking God for what was accomplished. Exactly. All right. Because, you know, you, you and I both know this, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. We, we all know if we've ever been to the wilds and whatever, but sure. it's all the glory of God. Yeah. And, and it's even of his grace. Yeah. It is through Christ alone that we were even able to do anything on Sunday. Amen. That's right. And, and let me just add one more thought to that quickly, and that is this. If we've had a good Sunday, we also need to be careful on Sunday night there you go. to realize yeah. Most men cannot handle success. We've got to be careful that our successes and our failures are seen through the lens of the character of God, especially the love of God. Amen. I agree. Well said. And Um, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. So I'm saying, so, all right, so you got this and, and you're, you're preparing yourself really for Monday morning. Exactly. So you're preparing such a sleep well but also on Monday morning. And so uh, I think your next point's got to do with exercise and eating. And the last thing most of us feel like doing on Monday morning is what? Getting up and discipline ourselves to get some exercise, right? Well, <laughs> and part of the reason we're discouraged is because we're not getting good rest. There you go. And therefore, when we get into bed, we're, 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 we're melting, mulling over in our mind all of the yeah. things that we've already talked about. Sure. But it is so true. Mondays, we need to, and, and, and day after day, but on Mondays, we, we, need, to, we need to go take a walk. We, we need to intentionally not begin. We, we should not begin ministry all over again on Monday morning. I think we need to spend some time resting, again, praying, go run, go go walk, uh, do something with your wife. And I'll say this, even in this reference to exercise and, and whatever, it, I believe in that physical side of things, you may even need to get out of Dodge because if you stay in town, then you're thinking constantly yeah. about it, it just, what's, what's near you, what you need to do. But if you go out of town, if it's just 30 minutes away, then you, you, you have a different surrounding. You mean like thirty minutes to go for a hike, go out to lunch? What do you or or yes and yes? What do you what do you recommend to do? 30? I recommend spending some time with your wife. Okay, all right, all right, all right. And, and if it's your children, your children maybe if they're in school. Um, I realize many homeschool, whatever. But I know this that there needs to be some refreshment of some kind on Monday morning, okay. uh, especially 
yes, I love, there's a place nearby here that I love to go hike and go up and sit on a rock overlooking the Nolichucky River. And I'll sit there and pray and, and talk and to the Lord and sing. Another place at Rocky Fork State Park, same thing. Or on Monday, my wife and I go to Dollywood. We don't ride the rides. We just walk. And hey, we just enjoy you live fairly together. nearby. So, I mean, I want people to understand you live yeah, in Tennessee. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and even we, the fact that we live here in the country, yeah. uh, out in the country, our farm, the farm road near us uh, is a great place to just, just yeah. go walk. Amen. And and so, you know, think about this. You, you are getting exercise, mm-hmm. you're refreshing your mind, and you're turning all of these anxieties over to the Lord. All right, now, now with that, you said exercise and eat right. Now, how are you going to do that on a Monday when you use food as an escape from the week and you want to pork out on ice cream and cookies and, and all the delicacies of Baptist, you know, potluck meals? Well, we're going down a road here that uh, uh, I fear to, to travel, but it's so crucial, and that is that too many of us feed our emotions. Mm, okay. And, and, we think that our eating habits, that's just a designer sin that we can get along, we can get along with in, in, in Baptist circles. Okay. And I just want to, in a very simple way, this sounds crazy, but I just want to remind all of us, the best bite of anything we ever eat is the first bite. Mm. And uh, we, we are an example of those to those around us. Our eating habits speak much to the discipline they do. Of our heart. Yeah, you're right. And, and I want to say to anybody who doesn't know me, and there's probably many out there who do not, because who am I? But nevertheless, I've lost 80 pounds. It was a long time ago. Right. Period of time. And, and, I've, and I've maintained it. Mm. Uh, I feel much better. Right. Uh, I, 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 and, and just my wife and I, we go out to eat. We split a meal. Um, and, and therefore, this removes guilt, which leads to discouragement. It does, yeah. yeah. I, I'll never get over this. I, I, I'm a, so I just go ahead and eat. I'm just, I'm this, I'm just this way. Well, I, I, I know the context of Philippians four thirteen, but we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And, and God is able to make all grace abound, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound into every good work. And we, it's, it's just one of those things where you've got to choose a plan, a diet plan. Uh, I'm going to say this, these quick diet plans where you spend a lot of money yeah. and, uh, and lose a bunch of weight real quick. All right. If you need to get a jump start, go ahead. Sure. I got it. I got it. But, but I would not use these as your way of, okay, I can lose 30 pounds. And then you go back to your old habits. Sure. Use it as a way to hone your, 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 your eating skills sure. as far as, is how much, you know, and don't keep going back. Uh, to, to, and uh, you, you've got to exercise. You have to spend time out, uh, you know, on, on the, uh, whether it's at the gym or out on the country road or whatever. Uh, and, and if, and if it's such that physically you have a hard time doing those things, just walk in your house, Yeah, get up from okay. your desk every 15 sure. minutes. Sure. 
And uh, so yeah. just some simple things. Um, All right, because that, there, there is a correlation in everything you're saying, okay? So this thing of eating right as well as exercise, therefore you get better rest, therefore you feel better, therefore you're able to study better, therefore you're able to discipline yourself to prepare for Sunday and discipline yourself when you get home on Sunday night. So all all this is just part of the pie, right? It's just right. all this works hand in hand versus being a, a nugget here or a nugget there. So this is really a, a whole way of thinking and living. Is that fair to say it, Dale? Or I mean, that's my words. Marsh, you, you've nailed it. We must change our thinking about all of this, and it is a change of lifestyle. Okay. So a lot, what, what's the next ingredient that goes in this? What's the next piece of the pie? Well, so here's, to me, this is number one. Okay. But I think we as pastors in particular, and pastors' wives and I could, I'd love to chat about that a minute, but uh, pastor's wives, but. Uh, well, we need uh, Denise and Gretchen here for that, brother. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, our identity yeah. is only in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our identity as a pastor has nothing to do with the amount of yeah. uh, the, 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 the numeric size of our congregation, the amount of people who come to hear us preach. Or the number of boards you serve on. Or you oh keep my. filling in the blanks, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Our identification is, well, John the Baptist said it so well, I must decrease while he increases. He must increase, I must decrease. Amen. And um, I, I'm afraid, and I know, uh, at 63 years of age, you know, there's that different levels that we go through we, in our early years, uh, we're, we're earning trust. And, and yet it's, it's an interesting thing where we come out of seminary perhaps, and we think we've got it all figured out. And then you get into those thirties and forties and, 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 yeah. and you're, you're learning some more and, and you're being whittled on a little bit more and whatever. And we're trying to accomplish something, want to leave a name. And, and, and I, and I say that all in the right, right heart. Uh, but the truth is, even as we get older, pride is going to absolutely trip us up and pride and selfishness and, and us not being perhaps the, the, the competition thing among preachers. Oh, have mercy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a pitfall. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a snare. A snare was a better word. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. For instance, I'm praying for revival in my church. Right. And the church down the street has real revival. Right. How do I respond to it? (laughs) I've been praying for revival, but those are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And I ought to rejoice with that. But ah, so because I'm not wrapped up in who Christ is, that I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, Amen. not my faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm dead. Yeah. I'm to get up every it, One of the greatest ways to overcome discouragement is get up every morning and report DOA. Because <laughs> it's Christ yeah. living his life through us. You know, Mars, Christ did not live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life. Christ is the Christian life. There we go. 
And as I surrender to him moment by moment, it's his name that matters. Amen. It's his identity that matters. It's his body that we're even a part of that he's put us in, re- reconciled us, redeemed us, adopted right. us, placed us in that body, given us the privilege of preaching the truth, his word in his church for his glory. I, I have people ask me, they'll say, how's your church doing? And I love to answer, my church stinks, but God's is doing great. <laughs> there you go. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and and you go to a preacher's meeting, and I'm not being unkind here or negative, but you go to a preacher's meeting, what's one of the first questions you're going to be asked? Is that question, how's your church doing? Right. Okay. Well, and then the competition among them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it, it it can it will discourage a man. All right. I'm, so let me say one thing, Marson. This is when, when so when you think about identifying with Christ, he was crucified, mm. <laughs> you know, and all his disciples forsook him. And yet, look what he accomplished. So, what would be common phrases you would hear fellow pastors making, Dale, that would that would clearly show their identity is not in Christ? Um, what would be some of those? Uh, sentences or phrases as you talk to so many pastors that are so discouraged that their 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 identity has been found on Sunday morning and what they're and at their church. So, is there anything that just comes to mind um, that that would be a marker or some phrases that would say, okay, if if I'm if I hear myself saying these words, I need to. S- understand I'm probably not identifying as my life in Christ according to Galatians 2.20. Two sides. Number one, when a pastor, he comes to a fellowship, let's say, or you're in a group of pastors at a lunch, whatever, and he is withdrawn. Okay. Something's going on. Yeah. There's a difference between just being still and listening, mm. but just being in the background and, and withdrawing. Right. Good point. Something's yeah. Going on. yeah. Okay. He needs a friend. And that's something yeah. else I'll mention we'll here we'll in a get moment. To. Yeah. We'll segue yeah. into that. Yeah. And second of all, on the other side, there's a man who you spend time with him and he's discouraged, but he's hiding it by virtue of he goes to a meeting with other pastors and it, and he doesn't ask questions proper questions, right? engaging, pulling folks into his world. He wants to, it's I, 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 let me tell you what I've done. I, 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 and it's a facade. And so it's both sides. Well said. Yeah. I appreciate Thanks for, for answering that. All right. So now you're segueing into friendship to where that's a key. Right, so brother, address that with us, please. Mm-hmm. It's a burden of my heart that most pastors, as a matter of fact, a, a statistic that I read as well said that 90% of pastors do not have close, intimate friendships. That's a danger. A danger for discouragement, right? Oh, my. Big because. Yeah. yeah. You are carrying all of your load, which then leads you to think that you're the, you're the Elijah, you're the only one. Mm -hmm. 
and you can't share. And it begins with your wife. Your wife needs to be your best friend. I know a lot of pastors will say, well, I want to share all the burdens of ministry with my wife. Well, I have a wife who wants to know that. And I, and I get it yeah. because if I share something with her, then she goes through it twice. I go through it once, but she goes through it twice. She goes through it as Denise, yeah. a member of the body of Christ, right. and then my wife. There you go. Yeah. Okay. But I know this. There is no one I would rather have pray for me than my wife. And therefore, as I share with her, without trying to be negative and cloud in her mind, other people or situations, she can pray for me. She can also give me the other perspective. There you go. Because many times their, their yeah. intuition, their discernment that this, Mars, I'm telling you, you, you know, as well as I do, I, I, I say this way, outside of my own salvation, the best thing in the world is, is marriage Absolutely. and the completion aspect of, yeah. of Eve joining Adam to be his completer and Gretchen for you, Denise, for me, I, I have, I have blind spots, bunches of them, but my wife in a loving way can come along and show me where. I'm headed into the pit of, of yeah. despair and discouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And she can pray with me through those things. All right. So my greatest, my, my best friend should be my wife. Next should be other men and men in particular outside of the ministry. Now I'm not no. saying you can't have friends in the church that you pastor. As a matter of fact, you should. Are right, you saying outside I, your church? They could yeah. be in, they could be in ministry. But really, French, sure. but men outside your local church where you're pastoring. Correct. Got it. Okay. I just want to make sure I had Correct. it right. Yes. Yes. Um, and see, see, here's, as, as I shared with you off, uh, off this podcast and the discussion, you know, pastors, we, we struggle with no accountability. Exactly. And we're opening ourselves up to obvious the, 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 the sexual sins and, and all that kind of stuff. But when we don't have a friend who's coming along and helping us think right. 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 Then as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's right. So here we go. Yeah. And I'm grateful for two men in particular who, who I, one, of, one of them is my hiking buddy. And, uh, Every time I'm with him, it's iron sharpening iron and it's the hard questions. And, and, and even the other, the other, the other man as well. And, and I, and I'll tell you this, I pursue those men. Yes. I need them. And, and, um, and all right. So let me say this. So if you were to, um, in this podcast may go a little bit long, but I want to, I want to park here just a minute. So Dale, if you were saying, all right, this is the type of man that you need to seek out as a friend outside your ministry. Give me a little profile. Because uh, uh, you said iron charting me iron. Okay. So give me a profile of what this man, some of the, some of the traits that you see in men that you seek out. What would some of those traits be? Well, first of all, he's got to be a man of the word. Okay. Number two, he's got to be a man of character, integrity. Number three, a man of prayer. For instance, 
this one fellow in particular, I just love to be with him and hear him pray. Okay. <laughs> it just, it's such a blessing. Um, a, a man who's not afraid to ask you the there hard you questions. There you go. Yep. And in second, next of all, he is not that judgmental attitude or he's more spiritual than you are. He's your friend. He doesn't tell you what to do. He's coming along beside you, right? You better believe yeah, it. Yeah. He's a David Jonathan. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, Paul Barnabas said this working together and, 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 I, and the fact that both of these men are in ministry, one of them yeah. does, he, neither of them are pastors, but they are involved in full, as we call full-time Christian vocational ministry. Right. But they know the heart of a pastor and they understand. And the pressures. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, they, they deal with all right. So, right now, you're talk, we're talking to a man who does not have this. So, he should start just praying that God would send someone and his eyes would be open to such a person, right? Exactly. This is, I, 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 this one is non negotiables, is what I put up there. Would you agree that to have a healthy spiritual life, you have, must have other men speaking into your life as a pastor? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, I, I cannot say to the men who are listening to this how crucial this really is. And there's no question off limits for him to ask you, correct? That's correct. Okay. I mean, whether it be what you read, what you see, what you think, right, what you do. Exactly. Okay. Because this is loving one another, right? It sure is. Okay. All right. Quite I, frankly, I, yeah. It, it is, it's, it's discipline. It's church discipline. Yeah. You know, we think of church discipline as being, you know, church them, get them out of there, you know, and rah. Yeah. But discipline, it's what we do with our children. It's what we do with what, what God does yeah. with us in, in training us and, and guiding us, discipling us. Mm-hmm. It's really that friend is that deep, level of discipleship that we as leaders need. Okay. So when we're coming, overcoming discouragement ministry, we, I got two more and they're important. I don't want to just simply, I want to spend just a few minutes on it. And also your, um, your email address will be in the show notes along with your blog where they can find your blog will be in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, go to GFA missions.org slash, um, backslash research and you'll find the podcast with the show notes. So, uh, Brother Dale, rest breaks, R-E-S-T, rest breaks. Would you just take a couple of minutes, comment on that? Yes. Uh, as I said earlier, that we as pastors love to have our foot on the accelerator. <laughs> and and I'm, I, I, I'm like this a lot of times. I just, uh-huh. you know, and we as, as pastors need to learn how to rest. Pastors don't know how to rest. And COVID, even though we, if, if you were one of those who closed down your church for a period of time, whatever, it, it, it probably was the, the anxiety side of it caused you to not rest even then. Right. And uh, so short breaks, a, a drive in the country with your wife. Define short, an hour, two hours, four hours, or whatever you need. How do you define that? An hour, I'll just say it this way, 15, let's say it this way, 15 minutes to an hour. Okay. Um, 
and, and when you get in the car with your wife or you take a walk down the country road, don't talk about ministry. Mm. Rest, break. He, even Jesus went apart to rest. He did. Okay. And it may be a, taking a bike ride at a local park. Uh, it may be just, okay, 15 minutes on the back porch in your swing. Without any guilt. Without any guilt yeah. whatsoever. Don't go there. You need that refreshment. And, and it may be that, and even I'll tell you, a good rest break is to enjoy a meal with your wife and your family without your yeah. cell phone. There you go. Exactly. Leave it in your study. Yeah. Or without if, news on or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I will just tell you this, a, a power nap is good. <laughs> Every once in a while in the middle of the afternoon, if you got a chance, you, you just need to, all right, sometimes I'm out in the afternoon and I've been making some visits and we know how it is, especially if you go into a house where they've got the thermostat turned up to 80 degrees <laughs> in the middle of the winter, it's hard to stay awake. Yes. Nothing wrong with pulling over somewhere, put your head back against your seat and rest for 10 minutes. Well, you, you know, anybody that knows me knows I, I did not pay you to say that, right? <laughs> I love early mornings. I love a quick nap and the power nap in the afternoon. That rest, just to take a break to become productive again. Yes. All right, yes. the last one you had is probably, I, I would almost put this as the umbrella over everything else is your prayer life, but pray. Yes. So, again, uh, overcoming discouragement in ministry uh, Pastor Dale Cunningham, comment on prayer and or pray about it. Have you? So I'll, I'll start with this. Recently, I hosted what was called a prophecy conference in our church. It was, quite frankly, it I was allowing it to be hosted in our church, and and other subjects were covered. Our auditorium was basically filled almost to capacity at times wow. because it was prophecy conference. Mm. If I would have called it a prayer conference, uh -huh. I wonder how many would have showed up. Good question. I want to take that into our lives as pastors, as, as men who one of the number one things that leads to discouragement mm. is a the lack of a sweet, genuine, honest, transparent right. prayer relationship right. with our God. There you go. So much so that, as I said in this, the most recent blog, how many times I've heard people say, how's your prayer life? And that compartmentalizes prayer. Right. It should be, do you have a life of prayer? Uh, Ken Collier said it so well that prayer is a declaration of our dependence upon God. And, and prayer, quite frankly, is the oxygen for, for our life. Yeah. It, it, every time, I, whenever we're talking to the Lord, hallelujah, we're calling the God of the universe in on the situation. And what you said earlier, so these hikes, when you're by yourself, you're talking about you went up to the, sat on the rock and you prayed. And so, yeah. so you can incorporate this into your exercise, into your meditation, right? You don't have to compartmentalize it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, there's there's this aspect of just walking along, talking yeah. to the Lord. Okay. For instance, yeah. a couple of days ago, um, something occurred on my way to the grocery store, and the Lord and I talked about it as I was going up and down the aisles, Kroger's. <laughs> 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 okay, and it's really dealing with a sin issue that I needed needed because God had convicted me about. Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so you're walking along, and, yeah. and uh, someone walks up to you and, and says. Hey, such and such, and boy, what a bad day. Well, why, why is your day bad? Well, blah, blah, blah. Stop and have prayer with them. Amen. Right there. Right there. Yes. 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 I'm um, with you. At the restaurant. Yeah. Always say to your server, we're going to thank the Lord for our meal. How can we include you yeah. in our prayer? I'm going to tell you, you talk about getting the attention off yourself yeah. in your discouragement. Right. Because one of the greatest ways to get the focus off yourself is to go serve someone else. You got it. And you get out of that pity party and, you know, just, and as I put in the blog, you just pray with your, 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 your wife, your children, your, your, your parents, your in-laws, your ministry leaders in church, um, just outside the church, you know, like for instance, we're talking about friends a while ago. I'm grateful that there, there's some friends that I have that I just call them and say, Hey, can we just pray together? Sure. I just, I just, just need to pray. We just need to talk to, to the Lord together. And, um, and often church I, staffs don't even pray together. Families don't pray together. It's a missing element. All right, brother, so we got to wrap let this me, up. Let me, so, let me say yeah, one more thing. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, say it. But another, again, another statistic. This one blew my mind. 95%. I mean, the 95% of pastors report not praying daily or regularly with their spouse. That is scary. That is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't include meal prayers. <laughs> right. Obviously. You know, it's, yeah. <clears throat> some of the sweetest times that you can have is, is, and let me let me say this to, to to all of us as men, as pastors in particular. Um, you're your wife's pastor. She needs you, and she needs you to get on your knees in front of her, hold her hands, and go with her to the throne of grace. And again, that's getting that focus off of yourself. And it may be that both of you are discouraged. It's like the lady that started the broadcast or the, the uh, podcast with that. You know, I just tired of mean, mean people determining when we're going to go sure. and stay. Yeah. Yeah. Take both. Just. It may be you just hold each other's hands and, and just cry out to the Lord. And I mean, literally cry. And even when we don't know how to pray, we know what happens. We have an oh intercessor my. for us. We do. So, yeah. and there, and brother, you know, in seasons of ministry, there are seasons we don't know how to pray, but it doesn't no. mean we stop praying, right? No. It means we no. boldly run to the throne. Yeah. Amen. Prayer, Amen. prayer doesn't begin on earth. It begins in heaven. Amen. And when I focus so much upon human answers, what human yeah. people, what men do and respond, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm going to despair in praying. Yeah. But when I begin with the character of God, the throne of God, and there to see mercy and find grace to help in time of need, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
Okay, Pastor Dale Cunningham, thank you. Again, the whole topic of overcoming discouragement in ministry. And again, on our show notes, not on the YouTube notes, but on the show notes uh, on uh, either on the webpage, gfamissions.org, you will find the where you can contact Pastor Cunningham. He would love to talk to you. Or, um, you know, again, his blog, uh, we'll reference that as well. So, brother, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks to GFA Missions for sponsoring this. And be sure and, and tell your church family hello for us, but also your wife, and thank her for her ministry through you. All right, brother. Well, thank you. Thank you, Marsh, for yep. the opportunity to share my heart. Amen. There's a lot of ground we haven't been able to cover in all of this. Yep. And having to deal with discouragement over all these years in my own life, off and on, um, hearts just like yep. us in ministry sharing together. I want to hopefully help and cheer guys on. So thank you. Well, it's been a blessing much. today, and I trust people will be will find encouragement through this. Okay, Pastor Cunningham, thank you very much. Thanks, friend. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.